I'm Ash. And I'm Sid, and you're listening to Reclaimed, a spiritual health podcast. A developmental podcast that focuses on spiritual health and physical wellness through the lens of our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're hungry to end confusion in the why me of your health struggles, you've come to the right place. We're here to talk about how to make unbelievable beauty from hopeless health issues, fully glorifying God through the process. Be sure to follow along by subscribing to our show on any podcast player so you can stay up to date on newly released episodes. We are so excited to travel down this road with all of you as we learn how to reclaim our spiritual health and find restoration of faith within our bodies. Welcome to week four, everybody. Week four. I hope everyone's having a good Sunday. Hope you all went to church this morning. Got some Jesus in ya. <laughs> um, today is, in fact, National Mustard Day. Wow, Cindy. So thank you <laughs> for that bit of so, information. If you're having a barbecue, make sure to have mustard. <laughs> Support I'm sorry, National I'm Mustard. I'm losing it. It's a very um, important day. It's, it's now an August. It's condiment, for sure. For sure. Is it the most important condiment? For me, it is. I, I agree. I'm a weird mustard. No, girl. I honestly love mustard. Like, French fries and mustard are so superior over mm-hmm. mustard. Or ketchup Steak and Steak and mustard. Mm-hmm. Oh. I yeah. am not No, I'm a weirdo. This. Like, Dijon <laughs> mustard and steak. Okay, but let's talk about honey mustard. Yeah, yeah. honey mustard. So much yeah, guys. So much yeah. Just... Um, so, week four... So now let's jump into <laughs> mental health. <laughs> you know, we have to keep things lighthearted around here. Yeah. I will never um, forget National Mustard Day. No, no. So incredible. Whenever you see episode four, you're going to think, think of mustard. of Sydney's obsession with Dijon mustard. Yeah. <laughs> and mental health. Yeah. So let's make a really um, harsh transition, harsh transition yeah. to mental health. Yes. But before we start talking about that, let's go into our GPA for this week. GPA meaning greatest piece of advice. Yes, We will ma'am. always give this at the beginning of an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to go first? I would love or... to go first, Sid. I would love to. Go for it. Um, so this comes from, of course, a little Instagram text post, as awesome. sometimes, you know, you just come across those. Um, but it's a question. So I'm going to ask you guys all of this, and I want you to think about your answer, because my answer was like, whoa. Awesome. Um, <laughs> it says, how disappointing would it be to get to heaven one day and find out that God created life to be enjoyed while all we did was spend our time worrying? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that's that was my reaction. So imagine getting to heaven after your entire life has been complete, realizing, which like we already know this information. We already know God has created our life for the purpose of being enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But getting to heaven and realizing, like, I spent more time worrying than I did enjoying. And so that does kind of obviously tie into what we're going to be talking about today. But just this aspect of, like, how much of my life do I really need to worry about? Mm -hmm. We really only need to worry about the things that are within our control, right? Like, and honestly, there are so many things within our grip that, like, don't need to be there to begin with. The things that, like, we don't need to worry about are life's plans, the person we're going to be with, like, our future calling. Like, those things are things that we don't need to spend time and energy wasting on worry. I'm so Um, glad you said that because that is something so prevalent in my life right now Yeah, is worrying about those things. 100%. For you to be able to say, really, in the grand scheme of life, why are you worrying about that? If God's got you and he has a calling for you to 
be married and work a certain job. Yeah. Why, why do you think that's not going to happen? Yeah. And it's like, we sit here and we trust God. Like, I know you're going to do it, but we never trust his like when, right? Like we want our when to happen. Yeah. And so just understanding that like, we're not supposed to be where we are right now to be worrying and to be miserable and to just be waiting for the next best thing. Like Mm. life is meant to be enjoyed. And if I was to pass away tomorrow, like, am I going to, did I enjoy my last day or did I spend time worrying about what was going to come the next day? So I just think that's a good reminder. That's great. Yeah. I have nothing to say. That was just fantastic. But you do have your GPA to say. So let's hear that. So I am doing my internship at Daybreak Church. Yes, you are. And part of my internship goes with something that we do on Tuesdays called the Deeply Formed internship okay which is off of this book wow i love it holding it's Um, red and orange guys in case you can't see it it's by (laughs) rich velodos it's called the deeply formed life and we're like reading the books together and yeah look at it it's um let me go through um the processes in which it means to live a deeply formed life and um oh my rich is from queens in new york which is like the most diverse yeah uh, zip code of like all of america and so his church is very like inclusive and all of that awesome i love stuff. these five key values yeah so i was looking in like into that and thinking like is there something in here that applies to me and like a common idea that kept coming up mm-hmm. while i was reading one of his chapters is that me included in this but a lot of people this ties into the whole worry thing Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people especially like that high school going into college Mm -hmm. and that pressure of like I have to know what I want to do like now and what if that's the right thing what if that's the wrong thing what if my calling is just me having an idea Mm -hmm. or is it actually like what God wants for me yeah and so we had a guest speaker on Tuesday and his name is Corey Finn he's a pastor in I don't know, but he's awesome. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just don't want to get it wrong. That'd be way more embarrassing. So he asked us some like Q&A questions. And one girl was saying, um, how do I know if my calling is like a calling or not? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I know if I'm going to like make the right decision? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I make the wrong decision, like, how do I get out of it? Like, she was just like going through it. Of course. And he said, we refuse to make a decision until there's a calling that's apparent. God cares less about the decision that you make more than how you get there. And that last part is really what stuck out to me. I'll, I'll read it again. God cares less about the decision that you make more than how you get there. Wow. So that made me think all that this worry of our career and what we're doing in school mm-hmm. and our major yeah or um maybe starting a new job mm-hmm. or starting a, a family or living in a certain area yeah. god doesn't care about the Those... geographical location that you're put in Mm-mm. he cares about how you're developing a relationship with him and listening to what yeah. he's calling you to do yeah. so i think that made me think about you mm-hmm. and how you're like going through kind of like, does God want me to stay in California? Yeah. Does God want me to leave? Mm-hmm. And if you are able to like simplify it and go, God doesn't really care where I end nope. up, but he cares the process in my heart in it. Of how I get there. And yeah. how you get there and the motives behind mm-hmm. it. And I just loved how That's Corey had so said good, that. Sid. And it's like, 
It's true. That's most so of the good. things, most of the decisions that we make, God's not like, oh, wrong decision. No, nope. like you're cut. Yeah, it's usually like, okay, you chose this. Well, let's see, like how you're able to like learn some stuff through mm-hmm. it, and then you'll get back on track to like yeah. where I really see you. One hundred percent. But That's so good. I liked that. That's so good. I think like also like you said, it's like this idea that like we feel like we have so much power over our own lives that one decision, one life-altering decision is going to completely, like, change the trajectory that we have been on. That God's up there watching us, like, push buttons in our life, be like, oh, wrong one, you know? That is so not what's happening. If we follow the judgment and the discernment and the conviction in our heart, we will honestly never be led to the wrong place. Right. And there are so many different routes and roadmaps we can take to to the final destination of our life that there isn't a right or a wrong one. And so I remember this woman talking about like, we have this idea that we always have to take the perfect step when in reality, God's just saying, take the next one, take a take step. the next step, take a step. I don't care if it's 10 miles. I don't care if it's 300 miles, like however big of a step you want to take, it can be monumental. It can be very yeah. minimal, but like just keep moving forward moving forward into finding me further and like seeking me out more and more in depth. Um, that's what he cares about. Not making the perfect decision because there is no such thing. Yeah. That's good. Moving forward and taking the next step. That's a great segue into today's topic. Yeah, I think so. Um, today we're going to be covering mental health and what that looks like, um, emotionally, but also probably from a clinical perspective too, because I think there is a divide between Mm -hmm. How do I feel validated in a really real emotion that I'm feeling without yeah. having a clinical diagnosis? Most definitely. And yeah. 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 And this is like obviously to say Sydney and I definitely are very intellectually emotional. Is that a good word? Yes. We are yes. very emotion driven. Yes. <laughs> we are very smart in our emotions. But when it comes to like the actual clinical side of it, that's something that I am so not educated in. So this entire podcast episode is definitely going to be. Um, based off of like how we feel about this topic and like our experiences, some of the people that we love and their experiences. Um, so I just kind of wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Absolutely. Um, cause I would say Sydney and I are very in touch with our emotions. Yeah. Um, it's taken a long time for me to get there. I feel like to finally mm-hmm. validate when I feel a certain thing, understand what that looks like to allow it to, you know, I'm allowing myself to feel these things, but without proclaiming them as part of my identity. Um, and so just kind of, like I said, I wanted to put that out there for you guys. Um, and we also understand this is like definitely a very touchy topic. It's very heavy. Um, but we've said this before, we're challenged to go towards things that are uncomfortable because the enemy doesn't want us to talk about them. Um, and that's a common theme across the board in mental health, Sid. I'm sure you can attest to this, but the enemy wants you to keep what you're struggling with inside. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel deserted in that. Um, and that's not that's not what we're supposed to do. Right. We're supposed to seek people um, to talk about these things with. We're supposed to talk to the Lord about these things, um, and so that's what we're going to do today. For sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, let's maybe jump into what areas of yeah. mental health we would like mm-hmm. to discuss. I think obviously there are two. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think depression and anxiety mm-hmm. is huge in not just our generation, but is huge throughout the world yeah. in lots of different age groups. Most definitely. Yeah, and 
as we were preparing for this episode, we were like, mental health is such a vast room, right? So, yeah. Every single person has a seat at the mental health struggle table. Yes. Regardless of it, as regardless of if you have been diagnosed with a clinical um, diagnosis or if you are just feeling things that are surrounded by mental health. But also, um, regardless, if you neglect that mm-hmm. you're feeling something, yes. but you know it's still causing you good, harm. Good, good, Sid. Yeah. We all struggle with it, whether you want to admit it or not. It's part of the human experience. God designed us to struggle sometimes and designed us to go through moments of doubt and worry because that yes. is what a human being is. Yes. It keeps us humble. It keeps us in these moments. And it, it honestly is what keeps our relationship with the Lord so, you know, yeah. so prevalent because we need him in yeah. those moments. Um, but that's why this is so important is because it is such a big topic that we realized we needed to dwindle it down to two main things, which we obviously decided on anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll probably start with some of the anxieties and the let's worries of life. Um, let's obviously, let's yeah. like define anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like when you hear that word, mm-hmm. What comes to mind? I simply, I just think it's worry. Yeah. I think it's a lack of understanding of where you're going or sometimes even where you've been. Sometimes we can be anxious about how our past is going to manifest itself in our future. Um, and so I think when I think of anxiety, I think of something that you're just worried about something. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of? I... This, oh, dang it. I always do this. I always make things sound so insensitive, but I, like, I am so sensitive to it. And, like, I I really just think, when I think of anxiety, I think of battle of faith. Yeah. Because when you are put, you're letting your mind take control mm-hmm. of what you think your future is going to be, that means you're compensating your faith that God's yeah. got your life under control. Mm-hmm. And that he has a path for you, whether you mess it up or not. Yeah. The, the things that I have done to wreck my life, I should not be sitting here having a podcast with you. I do wow. not have any authority in that. But... God wants you to think that, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and I think that in my little testimony of that, like, I could choose to be anxious, mm-hmm. but when you reject the things that your mind can tumble into Mm -hmm. then you're more able to recognize that god does have a plan for you i don't want to discredit the fact that people have clinical Mm -hmm. diagnosis like mental health your brain is an organ Mm -hmm. and it sometimes doesn't work correctly exactly like the rest of our body like we Mm -hmm. obviously have some issues yeah and people like so i never ever want to make anyone feel like just snap out of it like that's not ex- that's not at all what i'm trying to say no but i'm trying to say ev- you just because you have a mental diagnosis doesn't mean that you can take your thoughts captive yeah yeah that's yeah. good Sid. that's good um and that's the thing the enemy wants us to think that everything that we've done and all the things and choices that we've made that have wrecked our lives that we are somehow less worthy of living a life that jesus wants us to yeah living the life that we're meant to enjoy, living these things. And so when I think of anxiety, I like I said, I think of fear. But if I want to relate it back to the Bible, I always think of Peter in the storm. I yes. always think. And at first, I used to really, like, discredit Peter because he obviously does doubt Jesus. You know, he steps out of the boat. He's trying to walk on water. And then he asks, you know, the Lord. Um, and he doubts him. And Jesus calls him out for that. But yeah. one thing that I feel like is needs to also be pointed out is that 
clearly Peter did struggle with anxiety. He struggled with fear because he showed that when he was on the water. But he overcame something to get out of the boat. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's something that isn't necessarily talked about when it comes to Peter in that story because we only talk about the fact that he doubted the Lord, which obviously does need to be called out, but he had to overcome the, the... you know, initial fear and the initial anxiety and worry that he had seeing the stormy waters and seeing Jesus out there, he had to overcome his own fear being like, I can't do that. And he stepped out of the boat, decided to choose to walk on water and try it. And then obviously his fear did come back in. Um, but just understanding that anxiety and fear, that's normal. That's a normal part of life. And if this is something where it's like it isn't a clinical diagnosis and you're just feeling anxious, you're feeling like you are being, you know, taken captive by anxiety, allow yourself to feel those things. But then just like Peter overcame his, you have to overcome your own as well. Um, And sometimes like we, we obviously don't get to see Jesus, right? Like Peter saw Jesus on the water and could see, okay, this is possible with him. Sometimes we obviously lack faith because we do sometimes feel like seeing is believing. And sometimes we can't see God working. We can't see Jesus present with us holding our hand through some of these struggles and some of these battles and obstacles. But just understanding that you have a decision to overcome this. Yeah. And it's, you can't do it alone. You can't. So you have to give it to the Lord. You have to allow him to bring you through it and to, you know, drag you through this tumultuous time. But it is possible. Yeah not going to be comfortable it's not going to be easy but it is possible yeah. you just have to overcome the insurmountable odds that you think you're up against i have a couple things to add mm-hmm. on to that which thank you that was yeah. fantastic i i see mental health being something that people tie to their mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. or how they describe themselves yes and again Corey, who i got some counsel from he said it beautifully we asked about um an identity crisis Mm -hmm. and what does it mean to have an identity crisis Mm -hmm. and he said basically you know that you are experiencing an identity crisis when you can't introduce yourself without addressing your occupation or your status of your mental health so wow if someone asked wow yeah so if someone asked you like so who are you you know, yeah. and if you say like, oh, I'm a history major and I work here, you're going through an identity crisis because you're not wow. able to say, I am sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's so that funny was so because... not what I was trying to no, do to you. No, I love it though because that is so true. How okay. many times have I said that to people? It's just interesting because like, and those are moments when I did not place my identity in Christ. And I'm sure everyone listening can affirm that they have also said these things. How many times have you like introduced someone? They're like, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're like, well, I'm a blank major at this university and I, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada. Like, that's so true. Like, that's not who we are. Yeah. That's what we're doing. But yeah. anyways. Because if you think about yeah. yourself, like, if you were on a piece of paper, a 2D image of yourself, yeah. and you're putting little labels on yourself, mm-hmm. I, you know, Sydney, I'm a theology major. I'm a dancer. I um, feel depressed a lot. Mm-hmm. I have body image issues. I have PCOS. I have this. I would look like a mess. Yeah. I would literally look like a mess. Right. And so if you're able to retract all of that mm-hmm. and have the main first thing on the list is child of God. Yeah. And then everything comes around it, then you're more able to know who you are and like not have that identity crisis, not be able to like in your brain say, I'm Sydney, I'm depressed. 
And then, but, but I believe in God. Yep. Then you're making depression the focus. The focus of your identity. So when you center it around Christ, Mm -hmm. you're able to compartmentalize the things around you that you are fighting with because everyone is going to deal with something. There's not one person on this earth that's going to have a label that's in red of like, I have a health diagnosis. I have trauma from my past. I have an abusive XYZ, like, you know, all of that. So I think it starts with, who are you? That's good. That's good, Sid. Um, That's amazing. Let's talk about our friend. Yeah. Okay. Because so she knows who she is. She knows who she is. <laughs> yeah. We're still gonna say her name because she's just amazing, and she gave us the approval to to uh, talk about this. But when Cindy and I again were prepping for this episode, we were thinking to ourselves, who do we know in our life that struggles with anxiety, but that chooses to not make it their identity and handles it with such grace and such ownership? And we thought of our beautiful friend Bree. Yeah. Bree has come to us when she has needed it and talked about hey I'm struggling with xyz and like this is what it looks like for me but she does not ever make it her identity she goes through life loving people so wholeheartedly and that's not like neglecting her emotions. not at all not it's at not. all she but she is so intentional with the how the way she loves people and the way she does life and she's also very intentional with the way she loves herself yeah and she's very good about listening to herself and what her body tells her she she's needs great, yeah. what her heart needs um, and I just think she ba- she balances her mental health battles and her spirituality in the most graceful way. I've like never seen it done this well before. It's it's the most beautiful thing to experience. And if you know Brie, you know how good of a, a friend she is. You know how good of a sister she is. She is someone that is genuinely there to make people feel loved. And she is also very good at listening to her needs and what her heart tells her. Yeah. And we, we actually got... The joy of calling her before mm-hmm. this and kind of asked her like if someone came to you mm-hmm. and then said I am struggling with this and I feel like I am on a treadmill of mm-hmm. anxiety and I can't beat this what would you say yeah and some of the points that stuck out to me is what she said is um to simplify your joy yeah joy doesn't come from beating a diagnosis it can but sometimes that's not for it's not going to happen for no. everyone like, for us, like, if we based our joy off of not having PCOS anymore, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't be very happy for no, most of our lives. never. So to simplify your joy, mm-hmm. to move your body, to go smell the roses, to... She said take a cold shower. Take if a that's cold serving you shower. and it's going to kind of recharge your heart, do whatever yep. fits. Yep. Listen to music that uplifts your soul and doesn't keep you in, in that cycle of sadness. Uh-huh. Was there anything else that she had said oh, that goodness, stuck out I'm to you? She she just speaks so well. She I'm does. Like, and, like, we need her words. Um, yeah, that's honestly what I took away from it is you need to just simplify where you're getting your joy from. Mm-hmm. And Brie gets her joy from the people around her and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. She does. And She also had said to embrace what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a part of that that I would love for her to pour more into if we mm-hmm. can have her on One sometime. day, for sure. Because part of me goes, well, is that claiming it? Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of advocating for you don't want to claim the things that are taking mm-hmm. a hold of your joy. 100%. But she has embraced anxiety to uplift her character yeah. for other people. Yeah. And I think that's where she was coming from mm-hmm. is that... The, like, someone that is 
dealing with something that is so real to her mm-hmm. that she can say, I know what it's like to be anxious, therefore I am able to appreciate peace. Yeah. Or I know what it's like to feel like I'm going to have to deal with this forever, therefore I am able to give hope to someone else that also feels wow. that way. Yeah. Just like how we could... We can attest to that with our stories. 100%. I can attest to that with, like, I know what it's like to feel depressed. Therefore, I know that joy is, like, also attainable for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not embracing, like, oh, this is how it is. Yeah. And I'll have to, like, go help someone to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's dumb. Yeah. But, like, when you, when you are able to step back and go, okay, God has allowed this in my life. He didn't mm-hmm. give me anxiety. No. This is a part of a fallen world mm-hmm. and a part of our physical bodies not being immortal. Yep. Yep. That I can take this and I can use it for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's what God does. Yeah. He takes all things and works them together for yeah. our good. And Bria is a great example. She is. Of doing that. She is. And one thing is the struggles that we go through are there to keep us humble and to keep us needing the Lord. That's genuinely why we go through these things is because then when we do overcome them or we do just choose to say, hey, it is what it is. And we have those moments of joy and God relieves us from those feelings of depression and of anxiety. We are so much more likely to rejoice in that joy than we were if we were just constantly living that. Yeah. Because we've been at the, we've been at rock bottom. Yeah. But one thing that always encourages me is that when I hit rock bottom, Jesus is the rock Mm -hmm. and I've hit him and I've needed him so much. And so that's what I think when it comes to mental health. And again, we're not negating the real clinical diagnosis here, but anxiety and depression, those are feelings too. Mm -hmm. And so when you do feel those things, when you hit rock bottom and you depend on Jesus, that is ultimately when you're going to, your spirits are going to be lifted and your energy is going to soar. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think that there's a lot to take away from that too. Absolutely. I like how you were talking about how when you hit rock bottom, Mm -hmm. you find a humility in yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to go, I cannot conquer this with my own strength. Mm -hmm. No one Mm -hmm. can. If you could, no one would have anxiety, Mm -hmm. period. Right, right. And that's one thing that I think is just kind of a product of, as you said, Sid, this fallen world that we're living in, that we're calling our temporary home, is we feel like we have to do this all on our own. It's the same reason why talking about mental health and seeking help and, you know, seeing a therapist and all of these things is why it's so untalked about sometimes is because it's like it makes us feel like we're weak, right? Mm -hmm. It makes us feel like we have to depend on ourselves for joy. We have to be independent individuals that, you know, have autonomy, that, like, can control our emotions. And if we're feeling something that's sad or it's making us feel upset or feeling uneasy, that we're just like, I can't feel this right now. Like, I need to carry on. I need to do this. And it's like, that's not true. Like, we need to remind ourselves that these feelings are real and that they need to be talked about. They need to be heard. And so when we depend on Jesus for them and we give them to him, you know, it's surrendering a little bit of like our hands in it, but that we also need to do the uncomfortable work 
and seek help and seek the medication and seek talking to our friends because that's ultimately how we're going to deal with it on this planet while we are here before we go home to heaven. Because when we go home, we're going to hang our hat up that says, hey, I was depressed when I lived on planet Earth or, hey, I suffered from extreme anxiety. Like those aren't things that Jesus is going to see in us, right? Mm -hmm. But obviously we live in the world. We're seeing it. We're feeling it these days. Um, And so I think maybe now would be a good time to talk about like, how important it is to have community, how important it is to seek help if these are things you're experiencing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We were not meant to struggle alone. mm -mm. That's it. Yeah. People that struggle alone is what spirals them and spirals them and spirals them. Mm -hmm. Because think about it like this. If you have people in your life that love you enough to say, I see this, this is not healthy, Mm -hmm. let's get you some help, then that's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. When you, when you isolate yourself and I'm not, when I say isolation, I'm not just saying like physical isolation. I mean, mental isolation. You could be around people constantly, but not, they don't know anything about your brain. Nope. Cause you're not being honest and you're not being vulnerable with those thoughts. No. And sometimes you can isolate yourself from God Mm -hmm. and want and feel like you yeah. have to keep this part of you away from him because it's dirty yeah. or you've brought this upon yourself mm-hmm. or God can't fix this is a lack of faith, you know? So yeah, that being yeah. in community is huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I see a therapist right now because yeah. of lots of different things going on in my life through medication that have played with yeah. my hormones and also just change as hard for me and stuff like that and I feel like this is like one of those cliche things that like I'm speaking to the choir here but (laughs) getting help is not weak no it's it's not not. it's not and people think it is because we've simplified getting help to looking at TikTok Mm -hmm. and what young kids that think they know it all that like post an aesthetic video with like nice font over it like oh that's what I needed to hear honey that's not getting help like Mm -mm. that like you like it and you save it you probably don't look at it no it just gives you a little dopamine for a second Mm -hmm. that's not community no that's not getting help and does does that person that made that video actually have your best interest in mind no no No, they don't no no they don't. Um, this is something that just popped into my head, so I just want to say it. Great, but go for it. Talking about when do I know when to get help? Yeah. Because I saw my first therapist this past spring. Wow. Like, I've I've gone 21 years, and this might just be something, and this is something I talk to my therapist about. This might be something that a lot of people struggle with, but maybe they don't realize it, because I sure as heck did not realize it. But I am so fortunate to be able to say this but I've I always viewed therapy as like you go to therapy if you've experienced something truly traumatic or you have something to work through yeah whereas I was raised in such an amazing home and I don't take that for granted a second um I've never experienced true loss of someone very close to me and so I was always telling myself I don't need therapy what do I need to go to therapy for 
But I realized that I had developed a lot of anxious thoughts and a lot of intrusive thoughts over the years through like a lot of unrealistic expectations I've held for myself. And that in turn started to manifest itself in my friendships. I started feeling insecure that I wasn't getting my friends enough. Mm. I started feeling insecure that I wasn't being a good enough sister or daughter and all these things. And I realized a lot of this was coming from this anxiety and this looming fear over myself Mm. that I started to believe to be true. And so I realized I probably should just go talk to a therapist about it. I didn't realize how prevalent it was and how, like, how captivated I was by these thoughts until I started talking to her. And I remember telling her that I didn't feel like I needed to go to therapy, and she asked why. And I didn't have an answer. Hmm. I just told her, I said, I didn't think since I had experienced anything it was time for me to go to therapy. And I remember her telling me, she says, regardless of if you want to admit it, everyone needs to talk to someone. And when she said that, I realized, like, How many people, people listening to this, people out there alone, realize, hey, I've never been through anything, so I don't need to go to therapy. Like, that's a very dangerous game, too, because I think seeking help is one of the most important parts. And regardless of if you think you're healthy or not, I think just talking to someone about the way you view yourself, about the way you view life, that could reveal a lot of things that you're struggling with that you may not have owned up to or that you may not have realized. Yeah. And so I would just encourage everyone to just really think about the way you view yourself. Think about the way um, and the, like, status and health of your relationships, too. That's a huge indicator of where you're at mentally. Um, And just try to understand exactly, like, what place you are at in life. If you're having thoughts that are guiding every decision you make that are, like, really you're just ruminating in this, like, constant downward spiral of, like, my life's a mess. Like, all these things that are just really, really destructive to your spirit – If that has been going on for a severe amount of time and a lengthy amount of time, I think it might be time to potentially talk to someone to work through those things. Um, Absolutely. But on the same token, if you're kind of experiencing like a season where, hey, I usually am pretty joyful and recently I've just been feeling really down and I don't know what it is, you might just be going through something. And I think it's very important to call out the fact that do not claim that as something you are feeling unless you're confident that like, something is wrong because we're meant to feel sadness where the human experience is feeling an array of different emotions Um, and so understanding like okay is this something that I think I'm going to work through with the Lord or is this something that like might actually be going on and that something is wrong Um, again I wish there was like a playbook like (laughs) am I struggling with anxiety am I struggling with depression or am I just sad right like I wish that would be a lot easier Um, it's not how life was designed unfortunately Um, but just I encourage each of you guys to really, you know yourself better than you think you do. I think sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know who I am. But I'm like, you do. Your gut and your intuition is almost never wrong. Um, And so I just want to challenge you if you are feeling like, I don't really know what it could be because I didn't know what I was feeling. I was like, I've never been through anything. Um, If you are feeling like something's wrong, seeking help is not weak. If anything, it makes you stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I had something that kind of just came up in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like a list of things. So if anyone feels compelled to mm-hmm. write these down, go for it. But I think we kind of talked about like step one, be in tune with yourself. Uh-huh. Identify what is toxic yeah. that's going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge an issue. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will be in turmoil over the result of that. 100%, yeah. So, yeah. be in tune with yourself, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, 
find trusted counsel. Yes. Trusted. And most of the time, the people that I trust in something that I'm struggling with Mm -hmm. are people that aren't going through it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because they have a different perspective that might be a little bit more healthy than Mm -hmm. someone that is also going through it. Yes. That doesn't mean that you have to, like, leave certain friends out of your life. No. Because they may not have good advice for you. I'm just saying that someone that usually is of an older age than you. Mm-hmm. That has been through it. Who's been through but it. But not currently. Or someone your age or in your group that doesn't struggle with it. That's mm-hmm. able to see something with a little bit more mm-hmm. clarity than you do. So step two being seek wise counsel. Yeah. I think step three would be remember your humanity. Mm -hmm. I know I talked about that in last week's episode, is that when you're able to remember that Mm -hmm. I am not perfect Mm -hmm. and that I do not deserve victory. Mm No. Not that you deserve to suffer, but, like, we don't... Mm -mm. Like, why, why do we sometimes think that, like, we demand to be healed. Right. And when we're not healed in the parameters of what we think we should be healed, we blame God for it. And so if you're able to go, I'm a human and I trust that God has more in my story than what I'm giving myself Mm -hmm. credit for, then I will live with this and I will steward whatever I've got going on well to bless someone else. Wow. Number three being... Know who you are. Know Remember that you're a your human. humanity. Yeah. And the fourth one, I think, get comfortable with being offended. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the that's why our world is the way that it is. No one's <laughs> oh comfortable. Oh my goodness. No. Everyone is so offended and is like almost shocked. That'll be an episode one day. I'm oh, sure. we're doing like <laughs> reclaim your reclaim <laughs> your non-defensiveness. Yeah. No, we'll totally do that. Oh but my. People get so offended mm-hmm. of if someone like if I and I'm I'm a victim of this like mm-hmm. I've gone to like a family member and been like I'm struggling with this what do I do and I already have an agenda in my brain about what they should say yeah and when they don't meet that I get offended or mm-hmm. if they say something that's like not easy for me to swallow then I get frustrated yeah and then I limit the healing in myself mm-hmm. because I'm too focused on being offended by advice that was meant to help me. Exactly. One thing I've realized too is I get the hardest advice that I don't want to hear from the people that love me most. Yep. Like when I call my girls and I'm like, hey guys, like I'm really struggling with this right now because this happened to me. And they're like, Ashley, like I hate to tell you, but like, you know, maybe that situation that you put yourself in and the reason why you're feeling empty from that guy or whatever is because you put yourself in that situation. And I'm like, that's not what I wanted yeah. to hear, yeah. like, at all. But, like, you know, our friends and the people around us, our family, our relationships, those people have our best interest in mind, so they're going to be honest with the advice they give us. Yes. And so if they are coming, because they also know us very well, if you're coming to them with, you know, topics of, like, mental mental struggles and you're showing them, like, hey, this is how I feel, this is what it's been looking like, I've been feeling like I want a lot more sleep, like, I haven't really been working out like I usually do. If they know that those are all things that you don't normally do or that you usually work out, they're going to be, like, okay, like, where is this coming from? And it's going to be uncomfortable, but, like, those deep conversations and sometimes their pure honesty is going to hurt and it's going to sting because you don't want to hear it. 
but it has to come out in some form in order for you to seek help and in order for you to move on. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. Because people that love you, mm-hmm. when you have an injury, mm-hmm. someone's got to put the Band-Aid on or yeah. rip it off. Yeah. And and clean up the wound. None of those things are fun. Uh-uh. But would, if you came to a friend with an open wound yeah. and was like, I need medical assistance, <laughs> and you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I'll just sat there and looked you. at it. Yeah. What? Like, that doesn't yeah. do anything. No, it doesn't. And I'm sorry, but, like, there's sometimes, like, things that I are, like, the things that are going on in my life are way too big for my own prayers that yeah. when I come to people and I'm just, like, broken down and when all I get is, like, a, I'll be praying for you, I'm like, thank you. I absolutely will trust that God will use your prayers but sometimes you need someone in your life to mm-hmm. say, I don't claim that over you. Mm-mm. Not and at all. And you need to not claim that over you. So I have good, a sweet said. friend, Kenzie. She's uh, someone I worked with last year. And I was on the phone with her about a week ago mm-hmm. um, after I got my ultrasound mm-hmm. on the uh, breast tumor. And I was telling her about how, like, they found things in my lymph nodes and, like, mm-hmm. they want to get a biopsy. And I was just, like, freaking mm-hmm. out. And I was totally, like sulking in this Mm -hmm. and I like I remember I was just like I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this like you know if God wants me and I said this like if God wants me to have breast cancer then like I'll have to go with it and I'll bless someone and she was like stop like stop right there like I don't claim this over you wow and I was like holy crap like am I offended I don't think so but like that was harsh and I needed that yeah because I'm so submissive in my own feelings of what God has for me Mm -hmm. that sometimes you need to go Wait, hold on. Is is this actually something that, like, God may be using yeah. for me to help someone? Or is this, like, a test? Mm-hmm. And is this a, like, spiritual oppression from the enemy yeah. that I need to, like, get some thick skin and be like, no, I am going to advocate for myself. And I'm not going to claim breast cancer over no. me. No. And that was exactly what I needed to wow, be like. that's amazing. Heck yeah, girl. Like, that's exactly. Yes, I don't claim this. Yeah. And I'm going to stop saying, like. If God wow. wants me to have X, Y, Z. That's so good. What an encouragement to, to like me too, as a friend. Cause like there have been so many times when like you've come to me or other friends have come to me and like, I think it's just natural nature to always want to like, Absolutely. you know, talk, like affirm them and understand them. But there's also the harshness of like Sydney, that doesn't need to be your reality. Like, why are you telling yourself that that's going to be yeah. who you are? That's what God's calling you yeah. to. If that's a for sure thing, then you'll handle that when you get to it. But you don't know that yet. Yeah. So don't, don't claim that for yourself. Don't put your identity, well, whatever God wants will happen. Like, no one said, and the Bible does not tell you that God wants you to have breast cancer. That is not true. You know, God doesn't, you know, you're not born with this calling of, I am depression. Like, I am anxiety. Those are not things that we need to claim over ourselves. Exactly. And so understanding that the root of this problem is that, we are such faulted humans. We don't know where I, our identity lies in. We have to find that through life. And, like, we have to challenge ourselves to first and foremost place our identity as a daughter in Christ, mm-hmm. as a brother and sister in Jesus' kingdom. And, yep. like, that's a hard realization to come to. Whether you've been born in the church, whether you don't find Jesus until you're 60, 70 years old, we're all on this journey of figuring out who we are as we are. And Jesus doesn't want us to come to him as a depressed daughter he wants us to come to him as his daughter maybe we have depression 
Maybe we have anxiety. Maybe we have feelings of breast cancer. We have physical illnesses and, you know, ailments. But that's not who we are. Yeah. And so I think just kind of like coming full circle to this conversation is like mental health is real. And, but it is of this world. It is of this world. It is a, it is a product that happened after the first sin. Yep. You're always going to struggle in who you are. You're going to struggle in where you're at. You're going to question where you're going. Those are natural things that just happen because we're here. Yep. The moment, the moment we get to heaven, God is going to open us with open arms. We're not going to remember the times we cried ourselves to sleep. Yep. We're not going to remember the hard conversations we had in therapy about our past or abuse or you know, feelings of suicide. We're not going to remember those things. Mm -hmm. We're going to remember what it felt like to feel, to finally be in Jesus's arms. Yeah. And so I would just challenge any of you, if you are struggling with mental health right now, um, don't claim it over yourself. Yeah. Don't claim it over yourself. Don't exacerbate your symptoms and your feelings by sitting in your room, listening to sad music. Yes, there's a time and place for that. I firmly believe it. Me too. You need to sit in your room at night sometimes and play some sad music and just cry. Just yeah, cry. Sometimes that's okay. And that's totally okay. Yeah. But don't allow yourself to become a victim to the enemy's diagnoses. Yeah. Do not. Because regardless of if you think it or not, you are strong enough through Christ. Christ strengthens you to overcome any amount of odds. It's really good, Ash. The deepest of diagnosis is the hardest and darkest of depressions you can all be relieved from that yeah those are not chains that you are meant to carry yep. those are not weights you're meant to hold on to those are things that the lord wants to free you from yep. but you just have to understand and be confident in yourself to get over it because you can yeah yeah something that's coming to my mind right now last kind of thing that i want to leave people with is that you got to get fired up about yourself yeah just like you would get fired up about something that you're really passionate about mm-hmm. or if someone has an opinion about something yeah. that aggravates you, yeah. you're going to stand up for mm-hmm. what you care about. Mm-hmm. So if you care about yourself, you're going to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Psalms. David says in one of his Psalms that I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. Yeah. So you're not going to allow the enemy to run rampant in your brain. Mm-mm. You shouldn't. Mm-mm. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to like just turn out to be super peaceful in your life that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying that you have a choice to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. and that's where i think that it all comes down to is do you have faith that god can take it Mm -hmm. and do you have enough fire in yourself to advocate for yourself and who god made you to be that's it that's good sid that's amazing i think this is a perfect place to stop for right now just leaving you guys with this idea of I'm going to advocate for myself. I'm going to feel things fully. I'm going to listen to my heart wholeheartedly. And if I need help, I'm going to do it. Because yep. I am not going to be a victim to mental to clinical mental health for the rest of my life. Yep. And chronic mental and, you know, physical, like, terrible thoughts. That's not what I'm going to be. Yeah. I can struggle with it, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um. All right. I think I'm going to pray us out. Let's do that. Just leave us, like... We said last week, you know, this is God's wisdom. We hope that we all can absorb it. But at the end of the day, um, the glory needs to go back to him always. So, great, yeah. yeah. All right, dear Jesus, Lord, thank you so much for Sydney, God, and just the wisdom, um, the constant outpour of love that she gives to people around her is just unbelievable. Um, and we know we all, she ultimately does that because you loved her first, Lord. So we just thank you for her. We thank you for your son, Jesus. 
Um, Lord, today I just pray that everything we talked about today, I pray that it sees who you know needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. I pray that it hears who you know needs to needs to be heard. Um, and I just pray that these words give comfort, a blanket of peace, um, and some understanding to some people that might be in the darkness right now, Lord. Mm-hmm. I pray that they see the light in you and they find that and they cling to it, Lord, and they run towards it. Um, we pray for deliverance of people that are struggling with depression, that are struggling with yeah. anxieties, Lord. We know that those are real feelings. Um, we know that they are of the world and that they're not what you want us to feel. But we, we, are, we are in this world, God, and we know that those are real things. Um, and we don't choose to ignore those. Um, but we just pray ultimately, Lord, for anyone that is struggling with these and that they see how freeing your peace can be. Um, we pray for our world right now, God, that is just in a constant conflict of offense and divisiveness, Lord. And we just pray that you come into that um, and you heal that in the same way that you heal mir- that you cause miracles and that you heal the wounded and the sick, Lord. We, we love you. We give this all back to you. Um, and we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're so good. Thanks, So good. Um, well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this left you with a little pocket of peace for your week. Yes, and don't forget, eat some mustard today, Oh, please. yeah. All the please mustard. eat some mustard. Yeah, that's, that's probably the most important thing about <laughs> today. We had to start on a lighthearted note and end on a lighthearted yeah. note. Full circle. Full circle. Um, All right. But yes, we love you guys. Don't forget we are available via DM. And we just hope that this um, conversation brings you some peace and some love throughout your week. So we'll see you next time. See you next Sunday.